Welcome to the podcast. This is Hank Fortner, and I'm so glad to have you. Today's conversation is going to be an exciting one. We're talking about toxic people. Now, you may not have any of those in your life, and if you don't, that's okay. You might be one of those for someone else. So in the conversation today, I'm having a conversation with a few of my trusted confidants, as well as some of my own thoughts and some of my own experience being a toxic person and having toxic people in my life. So if you've ever had any drama in your life with another human being, this is the podcast for you. So check it out as we kind of go through. If you have never joined our email list, or if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you've heard it 99 times, join our email list, come and be a part of what we're doing. Go to 66866. That's the number you can text on your phone. Text 66866 with the name Hank, and you'll be prompted to join our email list. Or go to facebook.com slash Hank Fortner, and you can click the sign up button right there, and you'll get information about what's happening, what's going on, and some really fun things we have coming up in this quarter and in next quarter. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of this. And here's to you and all of those wonderfully toxic people that you're sure to deal with at some point in your life. May this podcast give you the tools to engage and embrace them wonderfully. Enjoy. You ever wonder what your life would be like? What will you wish you would have done? Get after it already. What's life without a little adventure? get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. The hope for something more. This behavior can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure. Welcome. Let's get started, shall we? Have you ever had the thought that life would be so much easier if it wasn't for the people? work or school, your home life, it's all complicated by human beings. And you're probably listening to this and thinking of someone who is that complicated person in your life. But don't worry, someone is listening to this and thinking of you too. See, whatever your role is in life, whether you're a mother or a boss, or you're the boss of your universe, or you're an independent contractor, or a construction worker, or a barista, you could be a lawyer, a doctor, or you could run a tech company, People in your life can be difficult. There's a certain category of difficult that this conversation is all about, and I'm just gonna call these people toxic. There are toxic people, and sometimes the person that's not otherwise toxic becomes toxic because of a situation. Britney Spears had a song once called Toxic by this very same name, which I'll let you hear right now. And the words are really important. A guy like you should wear a warning. It's dangerous, I'm fallen, says Brittany. And the philosopher songwriter Christian Carlson, who wrote that song, has a beautiful and wonderful idea that I would like us as a part of the typically hazardous community, as a part of the podcast community, to just say, yes, you should wear a sign. See, have you ever been there in a relationship or in a work environment or a team where every interaction with that person feels like it pollutes the room? You get this nasty feeling in your stomach or thoughts in your mind that devastate you and the energy is just gone. See, the question you have is what do you do with these people and what do you do if these people work for you and what do you do if those people are around you? 
So in this situation, what I want to do in this conversation is I'm going to call on two different people. I'll dialogue a little bit about what this looks like in terms of my role and how I engage this stuff. But first, I want to invite two people to join us. Two of my expert witnesses, so to speak, as if they're called to the stand. Two people that I rely on as advisors. Two people that I rely on as people of wisdom in my life. One is Mr. Charles Liu, who you've heard from in other episodes. Another one is Lucia Cotone, who you've also heard in other episodes as well. Here's the deal. Charlie runs lots of restaurants. He has some 14 restaurants. He has a law firm. He's involved in a bunch of different businesses and environments. At any given time, he has about 300 employees. So we're going to have a conversation with Charlie about what to do with toxic people when they are in a work environment, meaning they work for you or you work with them. Lucia is a coach to high performers and she's a coach to creatives. And one of her rules is helping people through the toxic dynamics, whether it's people you're collaborating with, people you're married to, people you're connected to relationally, or people that you just have in your life that you can't otherwise remove yourself from. So we're going to dive into a conversation with both of them. And then I'm going to give you one of those, what's that called? Like an, uh, uh, an, not an allegory, anagram. It's where all the letters line up and those are all they're all going to spell something, something easy for you to remember. It's a hard word for me to remember, but it's going to make it easy for you to remember on things you can do when toxic people enter into your world. First thing we're going to do is say, what do you do when toxic people work for you? I'm going to invite Charlie to sit down with us at an Indian restaurant here in Hollywood and check out what Charlie had to say about the toxic people in the workplace. So a toxic relationship, a workplace environment. Um, I think that the... I mean, I'm going to answer this maybe a little different than what sure. you're asking, but I think the first thing I would say is I would think of a, a toxic person kind of interestingly, right? I, I think I would think about it. Uh, I'll give you a, an example. Take um, vitamin D or vitamin E, right? Right. If I take the recommended daily allowance of vitamin D and E, it's great, right? If I take 20 times the recommended daily allowance of vitamin D and E, and it's a fat-soluble vitamin, so it's not as easily excreted from the the human system, it could become toxic, right? So in very, very small doses or or appropriate doses for that appropriate situation, these vitamins are great. In excessive doses, they're toxic. So I think the first thing I would say is almost all business relationships to a certain degree, if they're strictly business, are toxic. I think the, the issue is how toxic are they and how, what is coming out of that toxicity and as a whole, is there benefits that are coming out of that that make it okay for you to subject yourself to it and to what degree? Hmm. So. I don't want to, and and let me qualify, I don't want to say all business relationships are toxic, but I want to say that business is business, and it's difficult, and there's going to be very, very toxic moments in every business. I don't care if it's Apple. I don't care if it's the most successful business in the world. There's going to be moments where you're sitting with your counterpart, your partner, your boss, your underling, whatever it is, and it's going to be a toxic moment because there's decisions that have to be made or there's an uncomfortable situation or there's a failure on either your part or the other person's part and environment is toxic. Hmm. So I think what you have to do is I think you have to look at that business relationship as a whole and you have to figure out what that is and you have to figure out what the positives and negatives of it are and then I think what what I've always found 
as far as actual practical approach to that and how it always goes down is there's people that work for me, work for us, that I think are more toxic than others. And I think that what I've always noticed is if I sit down with that person and it's an open forum meeting, so basically I'm sitting down with them and I'm saying, so Bob, what is going on? And Bob says, well, here's what's going on. Our margins are like this and this and this, and they're like this. And I say, well, Bob, that's not quite, that's not great. That's not what I want to hear. How do we fix it? Well, you know what? We can't fix it because your bartender who you hired and who's worked with you for six years and who I can't fire right now because she's your good friend is pouring too many comps. And then you, what you notice is these things start going off in tangents that are completely unrelated to the underlying question or the real issue at hand. And I think that's the thing that the people that I work with or the people that I feel are more toxic than others. Because again, I think business just creates toxicity. It's almost like working out creates lactic acid, which isn't good. Business creates toxicity. It's how do you handle that toxicity? How do you expel that toxicity? How and what would be an easy way? If someone's listening who's hearing you and saying, I have a guy who works for me and he's really toxic. I got a lot of trouble with this dude. What are some first steps you take when you have a person that you go, I get like a stomach ache when I think about sitting across the table with this sure. guy. I'm sure. either angry or upset or defensive or I'm like, geez, and this guy's bleeding out on all my other sure. people. What's your first go-to when you go, I'm going to see this guy in the morning? Well, I don't want to simplify it, but if, if it's the way you just described that person, you let them go. So if it's someone okay. that's making you physically nauseous, yeah. like if they're so uh, uh, just obnoxious and, and so nauseating, that, that cannot be good. So that to me is a great example of, of this toxicity that's reached a level that cannot be expelled, right? The, the metaphorical right. body cannot expel that. The business body cannot expel that toxicity. So that needs to go, period. What I've noticed again with the, my associates, partners, relate business relationships is I've, I've been able, and I think the key is, is to direct those conversations and be very assertive in directing those conversations away from that toxic material. So if this manager has a problem with this bartender, if this attorney has a problem with this paralegal, if this uh, expediter has a problem with this specific building and zoning person that I'm working with, and they want to go off on a tangent and they want to digress and they want to uh, basically attack this person in every single angle, from my perspective, it's very, very important to, to cut it off and say, look, I get it. I, I'm not happy with that productivity either. I'm not happy with that work product. I'm not happy with her work performance. I'm not happy with his work performance. But as a bigger picture, that's not my concern right now. Here's my concern. So I think the key for me, again, with quite a few employees and multiple businesses is to always make, you know, there's that that thing always make sure that you're keeping the main thing the main thing mm -hmm. right and i think that's something that certain people certain unhappy people certain toxic people they always want to get away from it and they always want to relay it and relate it back to themselves and it's super important to make sure that that's not the yeah so if i hear you right goes. the most drama that you that you experience in a work environment is usually a distraction from the main thing 100 percent. and you're willing to actually live with and hold space for some of the drama. You go, that can live here. I don't care. As long as we're focused on the task at hand, the mission, the bottom line, as long as we're keeping that going, you're willing to let it sit because you go, that's just a distraction from what we're really doing. Absolutely. I mean, imagine if imagine if I got involved with the, the minor toxicity in 300 employees. 
Now imagine a guy with. It 10. could be a full time job to <laughs> no. get involved with who dated who and who's frustrated and who feels like so and so is rude, like those kinds of things. Right. I like that idea of a redirect, where you're redirecting people to that level of it and saying, as long as that drama is not here, right? And then if that drama creates a dynamic where we can't accomplish our mission, hit our bottom line, or meet our goals, then that person goes. But you're just keeping it focused on performance as opposed to enduring any of this sort of dramatic distractions that come Absolutely. along. Absolutely, because it's so easy to it. So look, we're all we're again. This is one of these things where I, there's certain levels of everything. We're all human. I mean, anytime one of my, you know, not to to dumb this conversation down, but anytime one of my employees or managers wants to sit down and say, "Did you hear he's dating her?" Like, there's a little part of me that's like, "No way, really?" What? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Internally, you're like Perez Hilton said yeah, the same exactly. thing about so and so. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's a little part of me going, "Oh, really? No, I didn't know that." Or wait, she did that. He did this. Oh, wow. So even for myself, there has to be this this constant reminder that that that's really not relevant. So if I if yeah. I if I find myself which happens, you know, kind of going off on on a little TMZ Perez Hilton stint. You know, I have to pull myself back one minute in and say, hey, I get it, and that's funny, and maybe we could talk about this over a scotch at, at another time. Right, yeah. But for right now, let's get back to the fact that our our cost of goods on wine are 38%, and we can't function at 38%. So I don't want to talk about right. individual people and right. individual problems. Right. We will talk, talk. We'll talk about that if we're in the black and everything's great. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm giving you a cheers. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful for Charlie to dive in and give us some of those insights. Next, we've got to ask the question, what do you do when these people live in your life? What do you do if you can't just fire them? What do you do if you're married to these people? Or what do you do if you have co-custody of a child? Or what do you do if these people live in your home? What do you do if you work with them and it's necessary to stay in them? What if they're a part of your life? What if they're not people you're willing to walk away from? But you have to engage this conversation. So we check in with Lucia and she gives us some really brilliant insights. Check in to what Lucia had to share with us about what to do about toxic people in our life. Anna Lucia Catone is a creative consultant that supports individuals and organizations in reaching their highest creative expression. And she builds businesses and lives from that level. Uh, what do I do with toxic people in my life? Well, let me start by maybe reframing what we mean by toxic people because I'm a strong believer that outside reflection is inner reality. And let me explain to you what that means is everything that we see on the outside world it's a gentle reminder of what's going on internally. So in how you're dealing with toxic people, I ask the question, where are you being toxic in your life that these people are coming in to remind you of that? What if it's genuinely them, though? Like, I know I want to I ask the question, is it me? But I, what if it really is them? Like, they are really angry, bitter, scorch-the-earth type people. My, my, my in that case, in that case, how would I approach that? If something that somebody else is doing, and in this case, toxicity, how are you reacting to that? Because the minute you are reactive to somebody else's toxicity, your thoughts and your judgments are becoming toxic. Right, that's true. So a way of, of an ABC of how to deal with a situation like that is checking in first with yourself and saying, wow, this is triggering something in me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And keeping it internal 
rather than giving that power to the person that's in the external and keeping a distance. And by you checking in with yourself that that action that somebody else is doing is bothering you or is triggering you, then you're able to start setting boundaries hmm. and sort of decide I'm not going to engage in that is one type of boundary. The other one is creating physical distance if you can. You know, and a lot of us are faced with toxic relationships within our own family or within our own very close friendships or within a work environment. Right. What would be, is there a future where I would actually go to the person and say, hey, you are exhausting for me. And maybe you don't frame it that way, but you go, I would like to work on our relationship. Or I would, maybe this is a person you work with, a boss you have, a person that you're married to, a friend that's in your friend group. Hey, how can we iron out sort of the kinks in our relationship? Is there a future where that would be productive or would that not be a helpful experience? I believe that we're, when we're surrounded by people, there are most sacred relationships. And what I mean by that is that they're here. One, if we have to work with them and we're in an engaged working relationship, we have to learn how to deal with these types of things that come in our lives. Yep. If they're in our family, we definitely have to learn to deal with it. So I always, I'm a strong believer that, yes, the approach is where the genius is at. So if we approach somebody by saying, you know, what you're doing is really bugging me, it's basically putting responsibility on them when something is bugging you. Hmm. The correct, I, I, I want to reframe that, it's not the correct approach, but I, where I think is the most productive, the most highly elevated approach would be there are certain things that are making me unhappy or that are tough for me to deal with when I am with a person like you that has this type of responses. So the mo more we own that which is affecting us, hmm. the easier it is to approach somebody because the difference is I can go up to you and be like, Hank, you're really bugging the hell out of me. And you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? There could be a reaction from you to and that And that attack. becomes, and then I, my immediate thought can be defensive, rightfully so. That's your problem. Yeah. As opposed to what you're describing is when you, if you approach a person with going, I am having a hard time with this. Exactly. Then you're sharing that it actually is, it's internal for you. You're, you're taking it's responsibility. Inter it's internal to me. I'm taking responsibility. And, you know, I believe that earth, the cities we live in, the families we're in is Eden. I think we come here to learn hmm. to how to be a better person for ourselves so we can show up better for other people. So we're always going to run into people that are frustrated. We're always going to run into people that we may judge as being toxic. Hmm. And a lot of the times we don't have enough information to know really what they're going through. You know, somebody could be going through a divorce. Maybe somebody just experienced a death that they don't want to talk about in their family or friendships. Maybe they've been attacked by somebody else and don't know how to deal with it. Maybe they're in a negative loop they, ha they haven't known how to get out of. And sometimes when you approach the person, and most of the times in my experience, when you approach the person with a, I am noticing a behavior that's not very conducive and positive for me. Can we talk about it? You know, you're able to mm -hmm. shed some light. Not everybody's going to react positively to that type of feedback because the art of giving and receiving feedback is an art. But I do think that it opens up people to feel supported and seen a lot more. And calling somebody toxic is a very toxic thought into itself. Hmm. So a lot of the times we need to... So we should change the title of this podcast is what you're saying? No, I, no, I actually don't think we should change <laughs> the title, but I think it's a really important way of diving into the judgments yes. that we hold as people and how those judgments are actually not allowing us to have the ultimate up-leveled experience. When dealing with toxicity, 
you know, if, if, if you see a child put something in their mouth that could be venomous, that's bad, you immediately want to remove it and clean yes, it out. Right. It's the very same thing with our experiences with other people hmm. is what do I need to do to get to sort of feel safe around this feeling is a first thought. Maybe a lot of times it's keeping silence. Keeping silence is one of the biggest tools that we need to learn all of us, including me, to tap more into. And it's from that space, start asking quality questions. It's like, why is this person? If you ask the why question, it can get a little bit complicated because it's hard to listen to the answers from the why space because it's not expansive. But if you were to say, what steps can I take to understand this person better? Hmm. It gives you a little bit more space for compassion, for understanding. Curiosity is a huge tool, Hank, to be able to say, I wonder what's going on with this person. What question could I ask him to sort of lower that? And, and you're talking about a situation where you are in a car. So we're talking mostly about a family or somebody that you're choosing to be with if you are riding in a car with them to the movie theater, right? right? totally. Or, if, you know, you could translate that to being in a staff meeting working side by side. And I, I like what you said about the point of asking, why is this so toxic? It might be because that person is crazy or I do not like them. Like I, get I, to, I, I, I would I, get to a dead end with the why question, but I like what you've described as if you take the what can I, what steps can I take you question. You turn the why into a what. I like that. You turn whys into whats. That would, that would help be helpful for me. As I'm thinking of the toxic people I've encountered over the years, when I ask the why question, I'm either making a judgment of them or I'm justifying my own dislike of them. My and own, repe I'm repellent to them. Versus when you ask the what question, I could think back, I could make a long list of what could I have done differently to approach that relationship and make it more peaceful. I, I would probably not not run out of ideas for how I could have made that better. And turning the why into the what is a journey on itself because we all speak in the why. Why is this happening to me? The why is a mm -hmm. big red flag that we're starting to fall victim to our own circumstances. Mm -hmm. We all have the power to take a deep breath when we cannot walk away. We all have the power to ask a what question. What can I do right now to feel more at peace in the situation that I'm in? It all starts with an internal conversation and if you're able to sort of notice the words that you're using and notice the judgments that you're jumping into, like calling somebody toxic, which is very much so part of our society and our psychized. It's very much so there is. I choose to say when I, I have encountered the word, you know, the feeling that you mean about, about toxicity, about toxic people, I'm like, why am I feeling this way? And I'm like, oh, I'm asking a why question. What steps can I take to understand what, this situation is triggering in me. Hmm. And then I hear there's something in my own life that I haven't cleaned up. There's something that I'm not taking care of. The outside world is just permitting me to reflect internally because I'm not reacting to the outside world. I'm making yeah. it an internal conversation. Do you think all the people in our life we could label toxic or difficult or trouble people, that they all reflect something in us we don't like about ourselves? Absolutely. Oh, and when is that universal? Yes. So I, I, I'm telling you that that's a very personal belief that I, that I built into everything that I do, including my art, including my conversations, including my clients, including the, the shows that I engage with, what I read, everything is everything in the outside world comes up as a reminder of what's going on internally. So I'm not saying that we're acting in the same way, but there is a metaphor to take from it. Hmm. So everyone who's toxic in our life is a teacher. 
Absolutely. If we let them, if we learn, if we lean into it. Uh, I think if, if we can get out of that reactive space, everyone who has that, creates those toxic feelings, puts them there, they become a teacher. Sometimes, do you ever feel like you just, you need a, you need a recess? What do you do when you need a recess? And you're like, teacher, I'm done. You have now like, you know, made work very hard for me, or this person's made my home life difficult, or my friendship space difficult, or this person makes, or this partnership difficult. How do I, how do I get a recess from that? How do I just take a break from their helping me understand myself more? Beautiful question, Hank. Beautiful, beautiful question. And I think it's a statement to the importance of all of us learning how to hold silence, learning how to find our internal recess space, learning how to, to create spaces where I have time to reflect on that which I want. A big part of life is learning when to let go, hmm. when to let go of a relationship, when to let go of a project, when to let go of our own way of doing stuff and growing to something else. So in those moments that you are calling recess, we could, we could write a book about that. In those hmm. moments about calling the, my recess time, it's really about where do I decompress so I can integrate everything that I want hmm. to do. And a lot of the times is if we have toxic people, it's time to, to let go of that relationship. If we in our leadership position, we, we are capable of saying, you know, this relationship is working no more. If you are not in a leadership position in the circle that you find yourself in when you're with X, Y, or Z, mm -hmm. you know, person being labeled toxic or situation being labeled toxic, then maybe you need to remove yourself from it or you need to say, we need to change the dynamic here. And that takes a certain level of negotiation, which is what I call creating win-win strategies that it services the other person as much as it can service you. Hmm. So there's all sorts of ways of sort of engaging with that. But if there was a time in my life where I was surrounded by toxicity and I was very, very exhausted by it all. Hmm. And there, there was a point break where I had to take a break from what I was doing hmm. and sort of go reassess and realize later on, and this is when I left my last job, where I realized that, I was just not having a healthy relationship with myself and the world that I was in was reminding me of that. Hmm. So being able to take the metaphor of what you're observing that's upsetting you and sort of be able to have the willingness to say, how does this reflect in my own inner life? What choices am I making? What am I doing to exacerbate that situation? Hmm. It almost sounds like, and maybe this is an overstatement or this might sound to somebody like, this is forced, mm -hmm. but it's almost as if the the toxic people in our lives are a gift. Absolutely. They come to us as this really poorly wrapped, smelly, ugly gift wrapped up and said, hey, here's how we're going to help reflect your inner world. So Hank, you, you bring up a beautiful point, but I also want to invite you to another thought possibility and what we're discussing right now around toxicity. The more we hold on to how we label a situation, a person, a group of people, the deeper in judgment that we are about them. Let me give you an example. We have a situation where somebody is behaving under the label of toxic. Well, what if that person is dealing with something that nobody knows about and he has not had the opportunity to express it? somebody that's maybe feeling very lonely or very lost or very 
judgmental of themselves for making very bad choices in their lives. You know, maybe they just got really, really bad news and they haven't known how to let go of that weight of their shoulders. All they need is somebody to say, hey, are you okay? Do you need support? And you may not be the person that needs to support them, but just asking the question, they will feel cared for. And what I call that is the space for compassion. What if we act with compassion without knowing the story of what the other person is going through? What if we arrive with compassion and saying, hmm, you know, we live in a big city and we all are in traffic a lot of the time. And there's people that hate the traffic and are cursing at every, all the other cars. And you're doing this, you're doing that and honking. And, you know, you're in a car ride with a toxic person that's insulting the other cars because they're not moving the way they would move. And you're enjoying the ride. You're like, this is really cool, you know. And it's exactly because that person, the person that just cut us off on traffic could be in an emergency. They could have a sick kid mm -hmm. in their car. They could have just gotten fired. They mm -hmm. could have just broken up with somebody. Maybe they just got some really, really bad news and they need to get home to deliver it before anybody else gets there. Or they could just be a jerk who shouldn't be on the road and needs to get out of your way. I believe that there's <laughs> certain people that should not be reactive when they're in an action that sure. affects other people. Sure. Yeah. I strongly believe that everybody has a reason for their behavior, whether it's deep, deep embedded in them and it comes from childhood hmm. or something that they just witnessed or did. And what I appreciate about how you've shared this is what it does is it is unfortunately, although fortunately, unfortunately it puts the works on work back on us. Always. But fortunately it puts us back also in control of the situation where toxic people can make us feel like we are out of control. We've lost our bearings we don't know what's going on we've lost our future we've lost our chances we've lost what's happening we've lost the sense of our relationship but with what you're describing and the work that we could do on ourselves and the way we'd approach that person it puts us back in control and engages us in the process of making this situation resolve in a better way as opposed to just sort of hoping that person wakes up one day or someone gives them a piece of their mind or that they somehow make it better or disappear let me let me share something with you that that I've that I've shared with a lot of people and that some of them generally react with what but then it's it's pause for thought what if you're the only person in the world and i'm saying this to the audience what if you are the only person in the world and every voice you hear every image you see every act you engage on is here to simply serve you hmm. and it's for our highest good and for the possibility of our best best growth and best evolution possible so, yes, everything that shows up is an opportunity for a lesson. Sounds to me like benevolent narcissism. Really? Benevolent narcissism would be everything in the world is for me so that I may be better equipped to serve the world. Yes. Right? I mean, I just feel like there's a... We, there, could, do, we a, could write a talk on benevolent narcissism. Yeah, I feel like. and there, there's a beauty behind this, this idea that what if everybody's here to serve us and nobody is at fault for anything that's coming up. And I'm even thinking about the extremes of some of the awful things that we're going through in our world right now as a global society. You know, the wars, there's just so much going on, but it is how we react to the issue that mm -hmm. becomes the personal issue. Absolutely. So it's not that I'm here that the whole world is here to serve me, but if we have the kind heart and the keen spirit and the deep curiosity to just sort of say, wow, I want to thank that person mm -hmm. for teaching me that lesson and that person for teaching me that lesson. And wow, look at the journey that I've walked because I've been willing to learn. Yeah. Which at the end of the day for me is how I guide my life is I'm here to serve and what better teachers than everybody around me. Well, I'm so grateful to have Lucia jump in with us and give us that insight on what to do. So many great questions that we'll wrap up together. 
But Lucia brings up a profound point. Everything in toxic people that we react to is in some trace element inside of us. When I was in high school, I was really focused on not being an a-hole. Or I tell people sometimes, I'm a recovering douchebag. And so it was really important to me to recover. It was really important to me to not be an a-hole. I was really focused on being respectful to people, respectful to girls especially, with no rando hookups and no leading people on and not trying to create any drama for anybody. But the guys I had the most conflict with in high school and in the first couple of years of college were the a-holes who hurt the girls that I knew or the d-bags who would run around campus and do things and create drama and lead girls on. I was angry, obviously, about the fact that these were my friends and they were getting their heart broken by guys who obviously were just using them for the evening or the weekend or the spring break. But I was mostly angry about the fact that they were doing what I was consciously focusing against doing. What I had to suppress in me, I was reacting to in them, which should have brought on a great sense of compassion, should have brought on a great sense of empathy. Like, I know what that seems like. See, the thing that I about them that I hated was the personification of the thing I was trying not to become. It wasn't really about what they were doing. It was about what I had, was afraid of myself doing. See, for so many of us, I love how Lucia gave us the picture that for so many of us, every single person who is toxic or who we react to poorly in our life, they're a gift to us. They're a teacher for us. See, I put together an acronym to help you figure out how to engage these toxic people. It's something I've been embracing recently, something we've put together and to sort of collate all the advice we've gotten from our two experts. The word is to care, C-A-R-E. The first thing we've got to do when you run into toxic engagements with people is to care about that person. Because if you don't care about them as a human being, it's going to be really difficult to heal the situation that you're in. So you have to sit with yourself for a second. Embrace the person that you cannot stand. Embrace the person you're reacting to in such a way that you actually genuinely care for them. Or at least if you can't get yourself to that place where you care about your ex or you care about that person or you care about someone that hurts you, care enough about you as a human being. Have enough self-care that you're willing to put aside some of the drama to care about the interactions that you have. That it would be positive for you, positive for your soul, positive for your brain. One of the things that Dr. Maurer revealed to us in the New Year's podcast was that you can actually take a moment and you can meditate in 15-second bursts. Imagining the interaction that you have with the person and how you'd like it to go. Imagine your emotion. Imagine your thoughts. Imagine your feelings. So let's return to him and say, let's just visualize as you close your eyes and imagine your interaction with that toxic person, with your ex or with your boss or with that person, and visualize that for 15 seconds you just imagine caring about that person as a human being, caring about their health, caring about their happiness, caring about who they are. Begin to do that over and over and watch how your brain will lean into them and you'll actually be able to heal the scenario and reduce your stress around that person simply by teaching your brain to care. The second part, that's the C in care. The second part is AR, accept responsibility. See, personal responsibility is so key to this. I had a roommate in college named Micah and he was a farmer. He grew up with family members and dairy cows. That was about it. So his bedside manner was an amazing thing to observe when he finally got to college and was like out into civilization. And there was an innocence about him that had still not gone away. In a sense, his simple upbringing and detachment from society, it gave him this keen sense of the ridiculousness of modern society. He would start off a, a conversation and he would start off 
a dialogue with anyone, someone he knew or someone he didn't know, regularly with this phrase. You know what your problem is? You know what your problem is? And he would start it off because he was seeing something that was there. And, and what I can tell you is that no one ever responded well to that. See, his dialogue was actually about something that was that person's problem. They would be complaining about something or moaning about something in life. And he would just be offering them a solution and saying, do you know what your problem is? That's not your problem. And he would personalize this and give it to them. Except no one responded well to that ever. When we approach toxic people with their problems... We miss the opportunity to grow, and we nearly always set the conversation into the wrong direction. So how about we trade this? Can you stop being an a-hole at work could be a great question. To how can I help? Or what can I do about my reactions to your mood? Or remember that you have this issue. Remember that it's yours, that these people in your life who are being toxic to you are blissfully ignorant of their impact on you. Invite them to join you in approaching the dynamic that you're both facing. I recently asked a friend, how can I best relate to your way of doing things? Or help me understand so I don't make you mad or cause a riff in our relationship. Ask the question in a way, like Lucia coached us, in a way that it is your issue. Because in essence, it is your issue. If we don't embrace personal responsibility, if we don't care about the person and then accept responsibility, we're not going to move that in the right direction. Because no one who is being perceived as being toxic. None of us want someone to come to us and say, do you know what your problem is? None of us want someone to come to us and say, you're a toxic person in this environment. You, all these things, what we have to do and what we want is we want to be approached by someone saying, help me understand how you see this so that it doesn't cause a riff in our relationship. Help me with the way I'm reacting to your mood. See, if you struggle to find a way, Ask people who are close to you who see the dynamic and ask them, hey, what personal responsibility am I playing in this crisis? I've had conflict with people, as you can probably imagine, my entire life, my entire waking life, most of which because of either words I said or words I didn't. Almost all the trouble that I get into as a human being is because of things that I said or things that I didn't say. I either withhold conversation from someone or don't communicate enough or I over-communicated my annoyance or over-communicated things or I bullied people verbally. And every time I got into like a toxic dynamic, I would always go to my sister. I would always go to my friend, my girlfriend, my mentors, my wife. I would go to them. Uh, by the way, that, that girlfriend thing was before the wife part. I don't have both of those now. And so I would go to them and I would just say, hey, what is my personal responsibility here? And then you just have to like brace yourself. I would literally flex my stomach as they would talk, because I don't want to hear that this person who makes me feel so toxic, I don't want to hear that my ex, I don't want to hear that this person, this boss, this issue, that I actually am complicit in this. But in order to get past it, in order to move forward, in order to have your best relationship, your best job, your best days, we have to embrace the personal responsibility. So ask a person you trust and say, what role am I playing in this craziness? The last step in this care model that we put together for you is the word explore. That's the E in care. Once you have some distance, once you can pull away from the situation, once you can relax and breathe deep, deep dive. What burns you about that person so badly? Who does that person remind you of? What is inside you that that person's activities or things reminds you of that you distaste so much? What does that person do that reminds you of your past or of your life as a child? Begin to explore these things and write them down. 
even ask the question, am I like this to anyone in my life? Am I this person to anyone in my life? Like Lucia guided us, every person in our life is an opportunity for us to learn and an opportunity for us to grow, to become our best selves. So step into this and explore it. I remember when I was little, I had this miserable relationship with my little brother. Growing up, we were constantly fighting. I was always getting in trouble because we were always at each other's throats. And my mom used to tell me, he's here to help you. He's your teacher. And I would say, no way. Do you know what he did this? And he would do this. And we would do things to each other that would just create so much chaos. This is when we're 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 years old. And she said, you have, you will always have people in your life that get under your skin. So you need to learn to love him. You need to learn to work with him because he's going to be your best friend. Years later, my brother drove out to L.A. with me when I moved. And my brother is my go-to call for nearly everything when it comes to spending money or doing any of those things. See, what I realized is that my brother was actually a person who helped me realize what, where my buttons were. And at six, seven, eight, nine years old, my mom had the wisdom to lean into me and say, you need to pay attention to all of this. My invitation to you and our invitation to you is to embrace this toxic person as an invitation. As an invitation to care about someone who makes you miserable. As an invitation to accept responsibility for the drama that's going on in your workplace and in your home life. And to an invitation to explore what may be waiting for you in the form of enlightenment. For you to discover who you are and about yourself. Because here's the deal, in real life, and in your situation right now, that toxic person may feel like he's everything. She's everything. It's in the middle of everything. You'll never get away from it. But you will. And the goal is not to remove difficult people from our life. The goal is to learn whatever we're supposed to learn from those difficult people so that when we go into the next season of our lives, we are stronger, we are better, we are more developed. Consider these words from a poet I know. May those wild creatures in our lives the ones that burn us deep inside. Teach us grace and love in life, and in the end, be our guides. May we care for them when they drive us nuts and find that the crazy is inside us. We are all in this together, a journey of all of us. May you and your toxic people embrace one another. May we care for them. May we accept responsibility and explore so that all those crazy people in your lives, may they teach you and may you grow and be the best. <laughs>